BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. What's up, guys? Don't forget to sub to Patreon so that you can see the visuals. Because not only do we have episodes of the podcast, we have exclusive content that nobody else sees on any other apps, behind the scenes, photo shoots, and we're dropping a whole bunch of surprising stuff this year. So if you guys don't want to miss out and you want to be the first to know, go over to our Patreon, www.dumblondunrated.com. Love ya. Is this thing on? All right, gentlemen, coming to main stage next, this is Bunny. Get up there. She's got a tornado of titties coming your way. Get those dollar bills ready. She's got an ass that shakes like Michael J. Fox. So get up there and throw, throw, throw them dollars. Dude, that is fucking iconic. (laughs) What's up, you sexy motherfuckers? Welcome to another episode of Dumb Blonde. Today, I have the Britney Jade in the house, baby. What's up? How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Dude, I'm so happy you're here also. I just learned that you're from, you came from the West Coast. Yes. Well, actually, I'm originally from Wisconsin. Oh, okay. Oh. Born and raised in Wisconsin for 22 years. I moved out to California to go to rehab, actually. Wow. When I was 19. Um, And then I met my husband in the sober living house. Okay. After, and that's kind of where our California life started but we've been living there now for 10 10 years I love that I can't wait to hear this whole story because yeah. that's actually what drew me into you on TikTok was um how raw you are about mental health and you know everybody that listens to my podcast knows that I have suffered from severe suicidal ideation depression and mm-hmm. fucking severe anxiety ever since I got sober mm-hmm. so I think I came across one of your videos one time and like you were crying and you were just being so vulnerable and I was like I love that because mm-hmm. not many people do that, you know, yeah. and I'm it, always crying <laughs> and it's not and it's well, not even that, but it's just it's you're doing it for a good cause, though. Yeah. You know, like you're not crying because you're not getting views or you're not getting right. likes, you know, you're actually crying because you're hurting. Mm-hmm. And I think that means so much. Yeah, you know, to be I'm able just to. trying to share my real life, too. I think so much of social media is fake and I've. I've really tried my best to to not to or to make sure that it's what I'm sharing is real life, and that means sharing the good along with the bad as mm-hmm. well. You remind me of one of my best friends I grew up. Her name is Jamie. You guys even look alike. It's crazy. Aww. So I think I feel a, a familiarity with you. Oh, also that's with that. crazy. So okay, let's take it back. Mm-hmm. I want to know all things Brittany Jade. We're gonna start from the beginning, and I just want to kind of hear your journey through life. So you grew up in Wisconsin. Yes. Grew up in Wisconsin, had a pretty normal childhood besides the fact that my dad was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Um, so that alcohol just affects a lot of relationships and, and families, obviously. But my dad got sober when I was 15. Um, Go dad. 
Yes. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, I don't really remember a lot of my childhood. I hear that's like a sign of trauma, but um, it just is what it is. Same. And I'm the same way. Yeah. I remember the bad parts. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I started drinking, though, at 13. I wow. don't know why I started that early. I think it was just very easy access to me with my mm-hmm. dad being an alcoholic. There was always alcohol in the yeah. house. They never knew how much was gone because my dad drank so much. He didn't know if a couple beers were missing here and there. And so I started really young. And um, it was very clear from the very beginning that it was a problem. My mm-hmm. mom even said um, the first time she saw me come home drunk, she said she could see it in my eyes and she knew what I had, what my dad had with the alcoholism. And um, so she said even from my very first drink, like she knew it was a problem. Do you remember the first drink you ever took? I don't remember the yeah. very first one. Mm-mm. I was just because you know how I, I remember yeah. the first Xanax I ever took. Yes. I was like, Lord, thank you. Yes. Like I was so happy because you just mm-hmm. feel so peaceful. So I didn't know. Oh, you yeah. That's how it was with Coke for yeah. me. Oh, yes. wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But the first drink, not so much. I think okay. it just kind of started off small when it was like little sips and yeah. we were so young. I think and... the first time I ever got drunk was off a of 40 of old English. Oh, my gosh. God. I used to the high gravity in the 40s and, <laughs> and the Cisco, oh, all that yes. shit. Oh, I can't do it. I, <laughs> I know. Can't. I've never drank a 40 since I yeah. got drunk the first time. You like that's one of those oh, things really? that you do the first time and you're like, I'm never, never going through that again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So mom knew from the start that Mm -hmm. after you had your first drink, did you always have a really good relationship with your mom and your dad? Yeah, I have. Um, My dad and I aren't super close. I don't know. But like we get along. We have okay relationships. My my parents are still married. My dad lives back in Wisconsin. My mom lives in California. Mm. Um, She moved out here when I got sober to help me get back on my feet. So we'll get there in the timeline. But I've always had a pretty good relationship with them um you know just it was it was just my dad and I were just not very close and do you think because of his alcoholism that created a wedge between you guys yeah I do and I think there's been times that like now you know that we're both sober that um we've like wanted to connect more but we haven't but maybe we'll get there you know one day so um but yeah I so high school drinking, um, I, my parents let me move out when I was 17. Um, and that's like really what like took my partying level to a whole nother level. Cause I was the only senior in high school that was living on their own. And, um, I have the, I had the party house. That was just my house and all so my you friends. you moved out like on your own, like with a boyfriend. Own okay. So I was with a boyfriend. Well, still, that's yes. still having your own place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, we moved That's out crazy. They let you move out that early. I know. I like, I'm like, mom, what were you thinking? She's like, Brittany, <laughs> you were going to do whatever you want to do regardless of what right, we said. Right. So, um, and I guess I've always kind of been that type of person, but I also have always been the type of person that like wants my parents approval and validation for everything. Mm-hmm. But then I also know that I probably won't get it. So I'll just do whatever I want right. anyways. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we mo- moved out and then, uh, you know, everything was pretty, was okay it's just I was a big partier Um, and then did you graduate yes I did I graduated um I got voted (laughs) I I I feel like I do a lot I really do (laughs) a lot um but I got voted biggest slacker my senior year (laughs) simply because I just didn't like coming to school you know but I make sure to get like past enough better good enough grades to pass but 
That's about as far as I wanted to do I dropped it. out in 10th grade, so you did okay. better than me. Yeah. <laughs> it just, I didn't like school at all. Me and either. I didn't want to go to college. There was nothing I wanted to do. I, I might literally, as a kid, like I wanted to move to the beach and move to Jamaica and live on the beach. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted to do for my mm-hmm. future. And um, that wasn't really realistic. So I decided to go to cosmetology school. Um, and I went there. Uh, and that's when my drug use started. Because mm-hmm. I, I had smoked weed and stuff. Um, and, I, and even in high school, I was always the girl that was friends with everyone. Like every single clique I was friends with. And I've yeah. always been that person. It's so exhausting being that type of person mm-hmm. because. Because they, ha- they say something and then, you know. Yeah. And it's just like I'm, I feel like I'm almost like just I'm a professional people pleaser, you know. And I've always tried to make sure that I can get along with everyone when in reality, you don't have to It doesn't do make that. you feel good inside though. No. Yeah. So. Um, went to cosmetology school and that is, um, when I tried Coke for the first time and it was pretty much love at first snort. And, um, uh, I, I started doing acid, like the house, I got evicted from my first apartment cause I had a party and one of the guys who I met that night, apparently while we were all sleeping, woke up and through the apartment building, went and like broke all the windows. Oh my God. And so... I um, I got evicted from there and kind of during that time, you know, I had I would always struggled with mental health. I started. Um, Do you think maybe you started drinking because as a, so young because you yeah. maybe weren't able to identify the feelings that yeah, you were having? Yeah, pretty much. Um, and I was a cutter. I started cutting mm-hmm. really young, too. And um, I think I was always looking for something to numb and for a while it was the cutting and then it was alcohol and then it turned into coke and um, when I was so I went to school in Minneapolis which is a new city a big city Minneapolis Minnesota and um, I had a really bad uh, my boyfriend broke up with me right during that time we were together for four years the one I moved out with that was so hard on me like I did not think I was gonna it was like one of those young loves that you don't think you're ever gonna get over that first young love is always so hard yeah um and I had a really bad suicide attempt um from that when I was living in Minneapolis Mm -hmm. and how um, old were you what I was 18 Mm -hmm. at the time um and it was it, it's crazy to think about because I was completely sober for it um, because I wasn't old enough to get alcohol. I think I had drank a little NyQuil because that's the type of person I was. Mm-hmm. I was looking for anything. Oh, that's NyQuil. how my best friend Grace was. Scope. She would drink mouthwash. Yes. Scope. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll get mouthwashes definitely in my story. Too. Listen, nobody that's listening to this podcast. Do not take that as a tip. Okay? Yes. Yes. Please don't. I know sometimes it's so hard because I'm like, well, I want to mm-hmm. give people any ideas. But it's part ever. of your story. You yeah. Know? And people are going to do what they, they're going to do, you know, but yes. we can throw that disclaimer out there. Yep. Um, and so I got evicted from that part and then, and then I moved into a house. It was like a drug house and um, like literally the people living upstairs were dealers. And that's when I started. Uh, well, you moved into a trap house. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. And I know I get in trouble for using that term online, but I mean, that's what it is. <laughs> I know. It's yeah. I know you do use that term a lot, huh? Yeah. No, for sure. I'm always in trouble using fucking trap house and other shit. And I'm just like, it's, I've lived yes. that life. Yeah. You know? I used like, to get in trouble for saying, um, like trailer trash or trailer park. Yeah. And I'm like, but I lived in a trailer park yeah. at the time. So it's like, it's, yeah, 
like people want you to be embarrassed of where you came from and it's yeah. like no sorry, yeah this is part of my truth I'm gonna fucking say it yep so you moved into the trap house yes moved in the trap house um and things just like really escalated I remember my parents like when I was in the hospital after that suicide attempt it was I'm surprised they didn't because that was the, the I mean I had taken pills and a couple other times but that one was like really bad like I should have died what um, can we can we talk about yeah it? Like, I didn't know if that was okay yeah, so I've actually course. never I've never told this like to yeah. My husband knows. I've told it to maybe a couple friends, but I just don't talk about it because it's really fucking scary. Traumatic, and people will be like, yeah. oh, my God, Brittany, you're batshit crazy. But that's all right. We're all um, fucking crazy, baby. So I actually um, it was like downtown. I was in the city and it was more of like I was wanting attention from my boyfriend because I had went to go see him that night. But I, I had wrote a whole letter and it's weird because I don't remember writing the letter. I don't remember. Drunk? No, no, as, okay. no, I wasn't. I had drank in a little bit of NyQuil, but like not even a full bottle. Like my blood alcohol, I think was like 0. 0.03 when we wow. when they brought me. But um, so I had walked three miles that night with a knife in my pocket. And the craziest part about this is I don't even remember like, I don't remember grabbing the knife and carrying it with me the whole time. Was it a form of psychosis? <sighs> It was never talked about like that. Yeah, um, it sounds like you might have. I know. been in some sort of like. Yeah, and I think state. almost immediately after it happened, though, my brain like was like, "No, we're not remembering this," and that's mm -hmm. why I don't remember it so mm -hmm. well. But um, I actually, so I stabbed myself mm. in my stomach. Oh. I had a winter jacket on, um, and like so, it went through everything. And almost immediately after it happened, I pulled it out and um, like the. I remember like trying to take a couple steps and walk because we were literally it was like midnight downtown and there was like these steps going down. And I remember like sitting down and then I passed out and I woke up a little bit. Like I remember them putting me into the ambulance and being like, she doesn't have a pulse. She doesn't have a pulse. Oh, like I remember hearing that. And then I woke up the next day in the hospital and um, they, they found the letter in my pocket and um, they said the doctor said that like I got so lucky if it would have been like a millimeter deeper it would have hit some artery in my stomach and mm. I would have um, I would have bled out so um, yeah that was that Gosh. was very hard and I think I don't know I just didn't really do much to heal from that at all I just jumped into I, that's really when the drug use you know I feel started. like when we're that young we don't know how to heal and especially yeah. if we don't have parents who haven't healed themselves yes. either we're never taught fucking coping skills or yeah. how to like get through something or like hey maybe you should go see somebody and talk to somebody yeah like you know we just kind of like get thrust back into life like mm -hmm. sink or swim bitch you yeah know? Yes, I think our generation for sure, it was just like everything was kind of brushed off, which is why now me as a mother, I'm so adamant on getting, make sure my kids are getting the mental health help that they need and deserve. Don't they say underprotected daughters are overprotective mothers? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Yep. So you wake up from the hospital, mm -hmm. you have this near death experience. Take me on that journey. What does Brittany do now? Um. I started doing acid <laughs> like like uh, a few times a week. It was really bad. And I almost 
didn't even graduate. Like I would go to school on acid and I remember like highlight highlighting people's hair and like sobbing for no reason. And <laughs> I was the last one in my class to graduate, but I did graduate. I actually, they, they made me take like a two week leave from school because they're like, girl, like, this is not, I, tr I was a total different person from when I started cosmetology school, but I did finish. Um, but I ended up getting like I ended up getting arrested a few times like I would get drunk like I am not a mean person I have never been in a fist fight with anyone ever yeah. but when I got drunk I would punch my I would punch holes through walls and they'd always take me to the drunk tank like I've never been actually charged with anything but I've been to jail I've been to the drunk tank like more than more times I can count on two hands like, right that's just who I was yeah. when um when I was drunk and so we had an incident I got evicted from the drug house place <laughs> how do you get kicked out of a trap house Brittany? right damn I it don't, I don't even yeah the landlord was just like it was there was holes in the walls and I'm yeah. like okay and so my parents were like all right you need to go to treatment so that's the first time I went to treatment and I was back in Wisconsin um it was only like a week long though because insurance never covered longer than <clears throat> right. that yeah. and um so it didn't really work uh I always met guys in treatment it's just my toxic trait I guess just <laughs> anxious attachment yes yeah and I had met a heroin addict that time um who Is this was married you, you did this in uh Wisconsin not Cali right yep okay. yep yeah so we were in, uh, oops we were in Minneapolis for all that and then now we're back in Wisconsin gotcha. and I tried to go to treatment here. It didn't really work. So I had this brilliant idea that I was going to go out to California, buy a one way ticket and I was going to get sober out there on my own. Mm. Like I was like, this is I thought it was my calling to right. go and have this moment and time. And I it didn't work when right. I came out to California. I stayed in hostels and I met men who would let me stay with them, but only if I slept with them. It was just it was very bad and I ran out of money really quickly and so I went back to Wisconsin and my poor my poor mom during all this like my mom she just loves me so much and she's just always wants the best for me and so this this life that has been very hard for her for mm -hmm. sure um but I uh I love that you have that support of your yeah, mom because yeah. a lot of people don't um, went back to Wisconsin and my mom and a few of my friends actually had like an intervention with me. I rarely remember it because I was drunk that time, but um, they had little intervention and that's when I decided to come back out to California. I'm still 19 now. So this is my, I think that was my second time then in treatment at 19 to go to a treatment center in Palm Springs. Um my, my insurance ran up again, same story, like after like two weeks. Yeah. And thankfully, I found a sober living house mm -hmm. and uh, in San Diego. And that is then where I met my husband yeah. in the sober living house. Yeah. Um, you're not allowed to date in sober living houses. So really quick for people who mm -hmm. don't know yep. how it works. So you have to go to treatment. How long were you in treatment for before you got moved to the sober living? I was there for two weeks. They okay. they want you to stay for 30 days. But if insurance isn't going to cover it and you can't afford to pay yeah. the $40,000, then it is what it is. Can we talk about how this world, America, is in a mental health crisis oh and they do nothing to help people? It's terrible. 
It is, it's really terrible. I learned how hard it was to getting addiction help when I went through that. And then six months ago, when I went through like a really bad mental crisis, I learned how hard it was to try to get mental health help. Um, it's so sad. And mm. um, even like I was willing to try to, because we couldn't afford these places. Our insurance doesn't cover any mental health, like literally right. nothing. So we had to pay out of pocket and like the, the, cheapest we could find was $1,400 a day to me for me to go to and I even offered like since I have a platform I'm like could we like work together and like I'll promote and it still was going to be like and I'm back in my head I'm like well I don't really want to be working when I'm trying to like receive help you know you want to be able to focus but uh yeah it's it's extremely extremely hard disheartening for sure to find help yeah and um, so two weeks and mm-hmm. then you move into the sober living and you meet a stud. Yes. A yes. stud it, from sober living. Yeah. <laughs> the halfway house. <laughs> you um, have a, you have a type, I'm sure. Yes. I, I guess I do. Yep. Um, after all of this really quick, after yeah. all of this, have you c- came to the conclusion of where all your pain has stemmed from? Have you ever been able to pinpoint it yet? <sighs> Not not I don't know at times at times I think I do but also not really I think what it really comes down to like all of my problems is my inability to love myself Mm. and I think um I think that's why I give so much time and energy to so many other people and that's why I want to always be helping other people because I don't feel that way towards myself but you are worth it and you are worth being loved and you are worth more than you ever could I think it's just it's just something I've always struggled with and I felt like I've gotten to good places in my life before but then it's just very quickly I'm reminded and my depression is back and um yeah because I struggled all those you know all those years but I was never diagnosed with anything um because I don't think I went to a doctor or therapist long enough to have the option to be diagnosed. But um, now I'm 34 years old and I did finally get a diagnosis. Um, But we'll get there. We'll get there with the diagnosis. So let's rewind. I just wanted to know because I always try to pinpoint where my, my, you know, what caused my shit too. And I just always like want to, hear people's stories you know um okay so you met this stud in sober living yeah yes and uh it was love at first sight for him um (laughs) and I had just got out of that like four-year relationship and I was like no I don't want a relationship but you're also just in a very vulnerable state in that time Mm -hmm. and you're you feel very alone and you also probably kind of bond with somebody yeah. because you guys are going through the same shit yes yep can can we bring him in yeah let's bring you in bubba and My i'm honey so bear. sorry what is his name i'm so sorry. his name is wyland wyland okay but i call him wiley okay or demps calls him riley okay <laughs> like i shit you not she's been calling him riley all day <laughs> listen dips makes yeah. her own rules what do you want me to call you you can call me whatever is easiest to remember. Why? We'll call. Can I call you Why? Is that easy? Yeah. Okay, we'll call you Why. Or I also go by Will. Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll call you Will. We'll call you Will. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I know. 
He used to always only go by Wiley, but then when we separated, he kind of went like back to Wyland and like introducing himself. So yeah. yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we brought in Wyland, uh, Brittany's husband, and we're gonna also have him join the conversation now because I just think that this is like a vital part of their lives. You guys meeting and you were in a rehab also. What were you in rehab for? I was. Um, I was like 18 years old, so I. I uh, Got into pills and Xanax. And oh, I love Xanax. Yeah, I did too. And um, <laughs> basically, just my parents were very, very straight edge, you know, mm-hmm. very religious household growing up. And so it was like the first, you know, first signs of uh, me smoking weeds, things like that. Like they knew I was, it was going to be a problem. But then it did turn into a problem. I started taking pills on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was young. And then uh, they sent me to a rehab in like San Jose. Uh, so I went out there for 30 days and never had an issue with it ever since. Went to yeah. sober living. <laughs> so. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. He stayed clean of all of his drug, uh, of drug of choice. And then I did not for mine. Yeah, but yours is a little bit, yeah. So you guys met. Take me on that journey. You guys you guys are so young. So you're 19, you're 18 in the sober living. No, course. we're both 19 now. You're both 19 yep. now? Mm-hmm. Those are, ba- that's babies. I know. Like, it's, when I think, people get mad at me for saying that, but I'm sorry, when no. I was 19, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Yeah, no. Yeah. It, we have a 15-year-old at home, and she wouldn't know what to do yeah. if she fucking had to be on her own yes. or in a sober living place. It's, yeah, they're babies. I think you should have to be 21 to get a tattoo, because I got all my tattoos when I was 18, 19, and... Same. <laughs> I'm like living with a fucking mural on me from when I was a kid. Right. Um. So oh. it was love at first sight. Mm-hmm. You were trying to like deny it because you had just got out of a relationship. Yeah. Um. We just we did it, though. We just we yeah. wanted to be together. And then we got kicked out for dating. Living. Yes. Yeah, they figured out we were dating, and uh, we ended up on the streets for like yes. a short while. We were homeless for a little mm-hmm. bit there. I don't understand how a sober living place can do that to you. Yeah, Don't I know. Kick My mom you. was pissed for how much we were paying there, like, for them to just be like, nope, you guys can't be here anymore. But isn't the point of them helping you with your sobriety and then to kick you out on the street with nowhere to go? Like, I doesn't mean, that jeopardize your sobriety? Yeah, it did. We didn't stay sober. We didn't. No. We, we went and <clears throat> they have to like set standards. Drink. Set, you know. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, he didn't do his drug of choice, but we definitely that's when we started drinking and yeah. um, we really struggled. Like, I mean, I think he got to you got that's when you really got the first taste of just. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because we what we, alcohol does to me because we eventually moved into a, a place together with uh, like a bunch of other roommates party party house, basically. Right. Were you guys working or just no? I was working. Yeah. Like, job some hotel or something like right. that trying to with you know the busy nights that we had trying to get get in every day but <laughs> right i remember that yeah. can you tell this yeah maybe you can tell so, <laughs> i remember i was like the first time i th- i feel like there was an issue is when i realized like it would happen more than uh, more than one occasion because we had like an air mattress and it would like oh deflate. that story <laughs> <laughs> like partially deflate halfway through the night and most nights I'd wake up and I'd be like, oh, soaking wet. Like, I would piss the bed. <laughs> the oh, I was I was a, yeah. a bed wetter. And you know what's My crazy? friend Katie was too. She yeah. would get shit-faced and pee. Yes. We wouldn't sleep with her because we knew she was going to pee. Yes, yeah. every time. So, you know what's crazy is even though as a kid I was a bed wetter, I wet the bed up until like I remember having sleepovers when I was 10, 11 and peeing the bed still. So I don't know. Did you ever have any sexual abuse? 
I, my mom says no. <laughs> because that's a sign. I know. Yeah. I actually just learned that. Mm-hmm. at uh, I went to this like intensive treatment recently and I learned that there yeah. that it was a sign of that and so I asked my mom and my mom's like no I don't think so so I'm like oh okay <laughs> like, something seems so. something seems off with everything but yeah. so you woke up in the middle of the night just yeah drenched in urine yes because <laughs> it would like pool down in the oh, air mattress no. I know and then oh. and, and then I don't know just like just every time we would drink she would I, I was able to kind of realize pretty quickly that like oh she she turns into like somebody else like right. that's not the same girl that i you know that i know like right mm-hmm. and so kind of picked up on that pretty pretty early in our relationship but like i don't know i just i love the britney that wasn't like just from the beginning even though you know we still chose to drink like yeah i knew who she was deep down months. like i knew who her her true self was and so that was enough to just to keep me around, I guess. So Aww. until it wasn't until I, I took a bunch of pills. Is that what happened that night? How uh, long were you guys together before this night happened? Two months. Yeah. Okay. Maybe? Two months. Yeah. So you guys were fucking moving fast. And we had we had been like homeless for one month. Like we would like sleep on a rug in a field, or we would go look at apartments, and like yeah. they would tell us um, like what the code was to get the key to go look inside the apartment, and we would just sleep box. there on the floor. How amazing is that, though, to see how far you guys yeah, come? I know. Like, when you tell me about sleeping on the rug in a field, and then yeah. I see you guys have a, a beautiful home yeah. with your babies, like, yes. fucking go, babies, go. Yeah. You know? I just get, I'm so excited for the, yeah. the underdogs. Okay, yeah. so you, what happened the in the second um, month? I just got really drunk one night. I took a bunch of pills. I wound up in the hospital. You called the you called nine one one on me. Was yeah, it you or it someone else? probably the amount of time like violent. Like she she oh. at that point too. I remember she would like she would hit me too, and like when she would drink. And, I don't remember actually hitting. Well, you would yeah yeah, but and so probably. <laughs> and so, <laughs> Babe, I really didn't and know so that like, I was hitting you. Uh, I think it progressed, and maybe one of the roommates or some somebody called the police and or the ambulance. I'm not sure. I don't even. Yeah. Know. Ended up going to the hospital. See, I just remember waking up in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And By the way, I can cut that out if you want me to. Oh. Just let me know. Yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll let you guys watch this before, and then you guys okay, tell me. Okay, okay. I mean, it's something from my past, so it's like yeah. I don't yeah. hit him today. No, no, so. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you're also severely intoxicated. Not that yes. I'm making excuses, but we are all different people when it, we're inebriated. Yes, mm-hmm. very true. Um, and mm-hmm. then... Trust me, I've hit a few of my men before. Yep. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah. And I just kind of, I don't know, I remember just getting out and feeling defeated and knowing I couldn't go back to that house that we had together. And I had, once again, no other option but to go back to Wisconsin because I had failed at trying to get my life together <clears throat> again. And I have to go back to Wisconsin to um, live with my parents again. This has been like a year now of me to really trying to get it together. Yes. And I couldn't do it. So, um, I mean, I didn't really have much stuff with me. I had like a bag. And so I went back to Wisconsin and we said our goodbyes and we kind of thought that's what it was going to be. And, um, that was just like an end of a chapter. But then two days, two days after I get back to Wisconsin, he calls me and he says, can I move to Wisconsin? He's born and raised in California. So he's never lived anywhere else. Um, they do say crazy pussy is the best pussy. So. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling that's what's going on right yeah. now. <laughs> and he, um, 
And I said, sure. Yeah, yeah you can come move to Wisconsin. And me, it, knowing and I'm living with my parents. And, like, and, 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 and her, like her parents were like, okay with it too. Like, and, and to me, like, I don't know if they really are okay with yeah, it, but, but I think they thought if I, they didn't let you, that I would like go run off with you somewhere else. Yeah, so you I, know? I bought a one-way ticket, quit my job, and said, mom, dad, see you guys later. Yeah, <laughs> what well, was it? Were you just drawn just, to her? I just was really drawn to her. Like, oh, and like, I, I think we maybe had a couple conversations since then too, where like, where like you know she maybe apologized whatever we yeah. you know kind of reconciled and so um yeah like i said earlier just like i knew who the true britney was and like i was yeah like you said drawn to her so mm. yeah so he moved to wisconsin just left yeah, yeah. <laughs> and honestly Did you guys you guys moved in with her parents yeah okay mm-hmm and 19 years old, yeah um it was it was fine i don't think we weren't really sober then at that time no though no, no. yeah no um and then we got engaged he tried to ask my dad's uh hand yeah in marriage, we, we moved out we got a place eventually like i got working in wisconsin kind of got settled in when we were at her parents mm-hmm. house and then we got another place and then um came back to california visited you know we were for a while there but um, you guys weren't sober <clears throat> No, uh, no, we were we were still drinking on and off. Remember? Yeah, yeah it was, it was but more not like it was. Yeah, before. Not quite yeah. like it was. Still being functional. Yes. Yeah, we like we knew we recognized like there was some issues, and, mm-hmm. and then just the fact like with the knowledge that we had been in rehab and we both had an idea like, mm-hmm. um, but wasn't still enough for us to make a permanent switch or yeah, right. at least try to. Yeah, but we did. We got engaged and were engaged for a year and then we got married and we did have a sober wedding. There was no alcohol at our wedding, but we pretty much did it to please our parents, um, which was fine. And because everyone there like knew, like all my friends from high school knew that I always had a problem with alcohol. I'm sure all your friends did too. Yeah. Kind of knew he had a problem. And so uh, we got married and then sh- shortly after that what was it like nine months after we actually co- actually no it was a few months after we got married we completely stopped drinking like remember yeah it was weird it was Just weird like, i don't know i'm that sure nothing... there was something that maybe initiated but like yeah we were good for a, for a long while well was... and then because i know i was completely sober when i got pregnant we decided mm. let's go off birth control um and in a year we'll get pregnant you know thinking it was going to be a year i got mm-hmm. pregnant the first month which we were like <laughs> not really ready for but um it happened and we had our daughter and honestly like everything was very good in our life from the time we were 23 to 26 yeah. like happiest we've ever been um i he worked full-time i worked in the salon full-time and then actually became a stay-at-home mom and we moved back out to california his mm. parents bought us a house um, which was so white, nice because that's picket the only fence way. with the, you know, the kid, like they redid um, the whole house we got to help pick everything out they're and probably just so proud of you guys yeah you know? yeah, they, yeah they were um and just life was really good and really easy and we weren't we didn't say we were sober we were in recovery or anything like that mm-hmm. we just simply like when our neighbors asked us oh do you guys drink we'd be like oh no we no we don't like it was just that sort of right. thing mm-hmm. um or not really 
but then we got pregnant with the twins um and that is really what like i think that i mean in that time though there was there was like you know we would we would still get like alcohol every once in a while like a a while after violet was born like when we moved to california that was, was towards the later. Yeah, yeah, like before the twins were born, like we would drink with the neighbors. Is, is that right? Or no? Or was I, it we had a after? couple times, but it okay. was mainly yeah. after. It, it wasn't yeah. a problem. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't, wasn't like to where yeah. cops mm-hmm. are getting called, people are, you know, <laughs> yeah. t- popping pills and stuff like yes. that. Yeah, it was controlled. Um, and when I was pregnant with the twins, actually, his mom um, was diagnosed with cancer. Oh. And three months after she was diagnosed, she died. So oh my it was very, very quick. His mom was like the healthiest person ever. She was, you know, all organic, just everything, like the most healthiest person. And to see it happen to her that quickly, it was, it was very, very hard um, for the, mm. our whole family. And yeah, she was like the glue to our family, like my yeah. side of the family. Like yeah. she was the backbone that everybody, Aww. you know, was kind of centered around my mom. And so when she passed away, it was, it was difficult for us all, but um yeah that's when i like found myself like looking back realizing like okay alcohol was an issue for me too because like through that grieving process where i should have been grieving like um like you know i just i just numb myself and so you guys started started easy, drinking again. yeah like to get through another night like not thinking about the loss of my mom like just mm. okay i'm just gonna drink some whiskey and call it a night and like mm-hmm. and there's her right next to me without me really realizing thinking there, you know. Yeah. Were you drinking too? Well, not when I was pregnant with right. the twins. Obviously, I didn't drink for any of my pregnancies because I had been I'd been sober before I got pregnant. Thankfully, right. so I never had to um, go through like Juggle anything that, like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but after, you know, we made it through. It was a very scary pregnancy. We were told like the whole time that one of them might not make it, and mm. it was very stressful which is also what made like that that terrible joke that i you know did six months ago which is what made it even worse because like i had a very scary pregnancy and so my dumb ass but we'll get there yeah um and uh so after the twins were born though they were born six weeks early and we're in the NICU, and pretty much right when we got them home from the NICU, when they were a few weeks old, that's when I started drinking again. Um, and it was pretty bad from the very beginning. I, I, you know, I went from one kid to three kids overnight. At that time, um, my family lived all the way back in Wisconsin. His family, you know, his mom had just died. We weren't really close with the rest of the family. Yeah, it was like we were, but uh, like close, not in the sense of like, okay, hey, reach out to my brother like can you guys watch the kids like it was not mm-hmm. like right that would just they didn't do that to us so like why would we like right you know, so. yeah absolutely so we just turned to alcohol you know to like get through that time and I, I I thought that it was okay and I remember like calling up my sober friends and being like hey you guys like I'm not an alcoholic anymore and they're like or I'd say I, I'm you know I tell them that I'm drinking again but you're not an alcoholic anymore and I'm like no and which is just so dumb because when, you yeah. know, once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. But we were able to control it and manage it yeah, we for a were. while. We were. Know? And, like, there were so many times where, like, we would get a six-pack and, like, and it would just, we'd start off and be able to, like, drink two beers a night. But then that would turn into three. And then, like, and yeah, it, yeah, it, it just mm-hmm. always slowly progressed. And then an issue would happen. And then we'd try to stop. And then I'd be the one that, you know, buy another six-pack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
insanity, right? What? Insanity is doing the, the same definition thing. of insanity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> same thing over and over, expecting different results. So yeah. this is after the twins are born. Yep. You guys are drinking again. Um, when you guys split, right? Was this yeah. around the same so, time? Um, well, kind of. You know, we made it like three years of this, and it got pretty bad within the three years. <clears throat> Right, because the boys were three. It's about two and a half years, and my drinking was just so bad. It was causing a lot of mental health issues. But I was, we were both in denial that it was the alcohol because neither of us wanted to remove alcohol from the house. Did you suffer any postpartum? <laughs> yeah, I think that was like the least of my worries. But yes, definitely. Yeah. Like that's just um, what I was going through, and I tried to get help, but. It was so hard for me to make appointments, you know, like remember mm -hmm. how hard it was. I had so many appointments for the kids that I just didn't have time for myself. And right. I totally lost myself in motherhood. And um, yeah, I really struggled. And then it got really bad and I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. There's been multiple times in my life where I'm like, what is wrong with me? And that was one of them, remember? Yeah. And um, because of my drinking, I think like just our our marriage became very toxic too and yeah it was like <laughs> like we would drink every night right and like i would have to go to work the next morning so i would like i always shut it down like i like, that's where we were different like different levels of yeah, alcoholism if you will like i didn't feel like i had a problem but like she would just be just getting started like when right. i'd be falling asleep mm -hmm. for, little did i know most nights you know so yeah and, and like, i think you know a lot of by the time that i realized that i needed help it was almost like too late like we acknowledged that we need to remove the alcohol but i couldn't come off alcohol without getting sick like mm -hmm. i i tried to a few times i had a seizure once oh in our gosh. house and it was it was very yeah. bad and very dangerous and um i think i more so at the time kind of looked as at our marriage as the problem right i didn't look at my alcoholism as a problem it was us and i think a lot of that well, a lot of it was because when i would get drunk and be crazy because that's what i was crazy he would call me crazy yeah. right yeah and there was just so many things i think that and just triggers. really yes like really affected me you know and just you know the yeah i didn't look at it as in the sense of like what you know the the relationship dynamic. I was like she just said, like I, I you're crazy. Like there yeah. was nothing that I was well, doing wrong. You guys right? were so, babies learning yeah. how to yeah. navigate life together. Again, yeah. you guys weren't given. Yeah, well, we are 27 at this point, but still yeah. babies. You know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> listen, I'm 43. Yeah. I think of 25 year olds as babies. Yeah. So, because I yes. the shit I was doing at 25. Right. Good, I could have. I could really incriminate myself. Yeah. If I fucking <laughs> admitted to half the shit I was doing. Yeah. Um, so you guys were blaming the marriage and you guys. Yeah. And I, I had told him that I was thinking about getting a divorce. I think I was thinking about wanting that. And he never wanted that. I love that. Why through all of this has always just wanted to be with you. I know. Yeah. yeah. Well, until I made the, the <laughs> I made the poor decision of like um, during that time, like one there was, it, you know, because episodes just kept getting like closer and closer together. Um, mm -hmm. More things would happen. And oh, yeah, that's what we're called. We call and them then I was like, something's got to change here. And like, so I went 
to an attorney, got like divorce paperwork. She had brought this up. That was the last thing I ever wanted. But like, I was like, I'm going to use this trying to wake as, her up as like an ultimatum. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, here's the papers. Like if you don't change, if we don't, if something doesn't change here, then we might have to get a divorce. And like, that was little did I know that was like, her way I was out. like, that's she's a, like, there it is. Okay, <laughs> like, I'm out. That's all I needed. Yeah, she's yeah. like, don't no, fuck around and find out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I moved out um, and got my own place, which was very difficult because I've been a stay at home mom for right. the past three years. I really didn't have much income. I had a garage sale and sold like just whatever I could from the house. That was a very awkward day because we were living together and I moved out. And how are you feeling during this time? Why? Uh, that during that time, like I was, I was one of the lowest points in my life. Like, you know, knowing yeah. like that she was leaving and that, um, I guess just kind of in denial that like, that we were actually getting a divorce, you know, how are we going to do this with three kids and like mm-hmm. lots of denial at that point for sure. But lots of pain too. So how are you feeling, Brittany? Were you sad or were oh, you no. mad? You were pissed. Oh, I was, I was free. I was living my best life. Oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know this one. I literally <laughs> went and got free tattooed on my hand. Um, I think I was just like so, I was so angry. We didn't like our marriage now is not how it was back then. Yeah. Like yeah. it, it really wasn't like we were not this close. Um, and I just didn't have a life outside of being a mom. You know, right. he, you didn't ever want me to go out and be doing anything with friends and, Right. What, what, because of because like, of the alcohol, knew, there, there was yeah. a lot of controlling factors because of alcohol. Right, gotcha. And so I was like, OK, you know what? I'm free. Oh, my my that first 30 days of me living on my own did not do me well at all. Like I, <laughs> I couldn't laughing. stay sober. Yeah, it was it was bad. Um, I'm laughing at how you said it. Yeah, <laughs> so it did not do me well. Yeah. Uh, and what happened? I was supposed to, because we had gone to mediation. We wanted mm-hmm. to try to do this because we knew that if we were to go to court, it would cost a shit ton and that... We're both stubborn people. We both Yeah, that, like. we both knew that it would be a battle. So we're like, we'll go to mediation and just be good with it. Well, um, let's see what it was. It, I don't... My mom had came out during this time to help me and I was supposed to be... I was supposed to be getting sober. My mom thought I was getting sober and she was staying with me at the house. And I was, I'm pretty, you, I could never really trick, but my mom, like she was staying with me at the house and I was supposed to be sober, but I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, then she actually left, went back to Wisconsin and I'm in this condo by myself and my, my drinking just got out of control to the Mm -hmm. point where I was drinking vodka first thing in the morning um and like my one of my best friends came over to check on me and it was 10 in the morning and she came over this was the kids weren't with me at this time but they were with him and she came over and I was completely passed out at 10 in the morning and that's when she was like okay Brittany it's not okay like we need to get you help and um I had been on like a four-day bender at that point just like constant drinking I was so out of it and uh that she took me to a treatment center actually and the treatment center was like absolutely not she is she is way too sick like she needs to go to the hospital mm-hmm. so she took me to the hospital and they uh drew my blood there i waited in the hospital i was wasted but i like i still remember it um like this, my friend took videos of me and stuff was but this after the court date no oh okay. oh yes this is that's a big 
Big oh, that thing. is a big part. I was missing a big part. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. Rewind. So rewind. Um, it was. When did we have court though? Oh, so we had tried to do mediation. Right. Yeah. But then I think. I so like there was there was that? one time where I, I remember I came home. Um, again, we were living in separate houses, and she she had the kids that day, and like she had I gave her like free reign to the house too, just because like just. And I came home and I didn't have the kids that day, but I saw like, okay, Brittany was here, but like, oh crap, like the house is a mess. Like yeah. this is this is how she used to act like when she would drink. Mm-hmm. And so right. immediately I was like, that means she was drinking and driving with the kids. And that's when I was like, okay, well that's that's a problem. Like, yeah. Yeah. So he <clears throat> went and got an attorney. This yeah. is where that started. He went and got an attorney and um, filed with them right Mm -hmm. and then i was served with uh an ex ex parte orders for an emergency court hearing well i was i i I don't know if i was drunk when i got it i didn't really know what was going on but and i tried to call and figure out what it was and i didn't i didn't have money for an attorney i didn't have an attorney and so i called and they're like yeah you just have to show up to court that day and i'm like i had no idea like what it was about i mean i had a feeling it was probably for like a custody thing but I didn't understand the severity and I was so nervous I stayed up like way too late the night before drinking preparing what I would say to the judge mm-hmm. and I woke up I woke up like an hour later than I was supposed to and still drunk and mm-hmm. so I show up to the courtroom I showed up I run in there I'm looking absolutely terrible I've got a LaCroix in my hand because I'm like so dehydrated I had parked on the curb <laughs> on the side of that there was no parking spots she was and so I parked like up in a on the sidewalk like it was bad i should have they should have just took me to jail that day but they did it um i'm surprised they didn't take no, you into custody I, I was i was a mess and i like try to pull it together and i run into the courtroom like all frantic he's there with like his whole family and then it's just me and it was super super quick and um the judge just goes like okay uh you know granted or something and mm. i was like I was like, okay, Your Honor, I just want to make sure like that we're going back to our original custody schedule, like our 50-50 schedule. And she goes, um, uh, yes, what was ordered? I had no idea. I'd never been, like, I've never seen papers. I didn't know what the order was. So I walk out of the courtroom and I call my mom and I was like, Mom, you know, I did it. Like, everything is going to be okay. Um, and she was like, oh, my gosh, Brittany, I'm so proud of you. I knew you were going to, knew it was going to be okay. And I'm walking out of the courtroom and I'm, I look at this paper and it, um, it's, I've never been able to tell this part of the story without crying, but it says on there, uh, supervised and unsupervised visits. And then I'd seen that he had uh, filed for sole legal and physical custody. And so that's when I realized that, um, that I had, I didn't really fully know the extent, but I knew it was way worse than I thought. And I knew I had lost custody. And it's so sad because in that moment, um, you think that like if you just lost custody of your kids because of your alcoholism, that that would be enough to wake you up. But it didn't. I The first thing I did was I went straight to the liquor store and I started drinking. Mm-hmm. And um, that's because, I mean, those kids were my whole life. Like yeah. I would, they were with me 24-7. And um I was never a bad mom, but I was, and I was a very sick mom. And that's what started the bender. That's mm. what started the couple days. Uh, it was like, 
this is what spiraled you into going into the hospital and then they they drew your blood and when they drew your blood what you were waiting for the blood work you said your friend was taking videos of you too yeah so it was actually um it was actually the very next day then that's when she had said like she took a video of me actually I posted on TikTok I was wasted and she said what are you willing to do to get your kids back and I was like anything you know you can tell I'm fucked up but um and she so yeah I said I would go to treatment the um that the hospital another place ended up calling when we were waiting at the hospital and they said hey we have a room open for her we'll take her right now you don't she doesn't need you can just leave the hospital and come here while as we're driving to that treatment center that one was going to let me pay cash it was a detox center I was going to get to go for two weeks to detox it was eighteen hundred dollars cash which is not much at all like that's right. super cheap yeah for a detox I had eighteen hundred dollars eight eight $1,850 in my bank account. So I drew out everything to go to this to this detox center. And as we're walking into it, the hospital calls. And they're like, hey, where'd you go? Like, we just got your uh, blood alcohol test back. And um, it, you're a 0.457, which is, like, absolutely insane. And I was like, oh, well, actually, um, I stopped at the gas station. I got two more tall cans because I was still with it. And... <laughs> still drinking and um but i said but i'm walking into a treatment center right now i know and that's just like just goes to show that's how much i was drinking to build up a tolerance that to that high yeah um which anybody that doesn't know like that's like above lethal like for most people yeah what is the lethal limit 0.4 wow yeah i know it's crazy when you like lay it out like i've heard like I, i know a lot of alcoholics and I've known maybe two, and these are grown huge men yeah. too. Like I've known maybe two people that have had higher than 0.4. So it was very crazy. And that was a big, that like when I went in there, I was like, wow, Brittany, okay. If it was that bad, like you need to be here. And I, How do I you stayed. not see your purpose of yeah. being here? Yeah. With, you know, surviving that. Yes. And mm-hmm. and shit that would kill somebody. Yeah. Yep. And I knew I had to go there. I hated it there, that that detox. But thankfully, um, you know, they you have to be medicated to come off of alcohol. Like, yeah. you just have to. Otherwise, it's not safe. What do they and, put you on? Like, sedatives? Um, Valium. Okay. Um, gabapentin. Oh, my God. Gabapentin is crazy. Naltrexone. Naltrexone. What else? It was mainly Valium, though. Like, that was the mint big one that would really help with the withdrawals. And... You know, that's when I really started my sobriety journey, kind of, because I didn't stay sober after that, unfortunately. Yeah. I I left. Um, I could no longer afford. I had no more money, so I could no longer afford, afford my condo. And so um, I moved back in with him, mm. and uh, I didn't want to be there. Like, I... It, I didn't yeah. think it was a good place for me to get sober at, but I also wanted to be with my kids, and I knew that was the only way that that was going to happen. Yeah, you were trapped, basically. Yeah. yeah, I didn't have anywhere to go, and it was really hard for him because he still wanted our marriage to work out. Mm-hmm. And so it just, those next couple months were just hard because um, once again, I didn't stay sober. I had met a heroin addict in that detox center um and oh my god just like the the shit and uh february 
Was it January? No. Yeah, I ended up, I stayed sober for a few months and then I relapsed and. On alcohol. On alcohol. Uh, yeah. Was that? Was yeah. That, was that the wedding? Yeah. In yeah. Mexico. Yeah. yeah. I was photographing a wedding. I was the photographer and oh my God, I got shit faced. <laughs> they found me like three resorts down and had to bring me back in a wheelchair. Like it was terrible. Um, oh. and I actually ended up going into psychosis after that. I tried to get sober again after that. I thought I won't go through withdrawals. I only had like one bender weekend, but I went into an actual psychosis. Scariest thing ever. We were, I was hearing things, seeing things mm. like God was talking to me and then the devil was here and it was very scary. Very scary. Yeah. And, um, that a few days after that, I had like a crazy manic episode um this is all while trying to come off now this is yeah this sober. is all from alcohol withdrawals and you're home, now. this is after mexico you came home and you're trying to do to do this on your own yes trying to do the home do you think maybe you were drugged in mexico no i think um no uh uh-uh. Yeah. I don't so because because I know how much I drink. I've yeah. never seen I've never seen hotel rooms with full liquor bo- bo- bottles like oh. with the spout things, oh and it's like the, it's so crazy. I was fifty days sober when I walked into that room. Those fifty days went out the door mm. because I was like, holy shit, I have four full liquor bottles and no one here with me. Mm. And so I like literally put my mouth under it and was like drinking it like a like a crazy woman. So I don't think so, but. but for some reason, medications, I think whatever I was prescribed for my alcohol withdrawals mm-hmm. definitely had something to do with the psychosis. Yeah. Because um, I was going to say, if you've never dealt with psychosis, like something to bring that on. Like, yes. I, you know, I'm not making excuses. Yeah. I'm just, I'm always trying to be analytical behind like what caused that. Right. You know? I think it was a mix of alcohol withdrawals and the medication I was yeah. prescribed for those. Um, and then I actually ended up getting arrested again um which one which time the, this is <laughs> this which is one which time episode <laughs> is that at home yes at Walsh? yeah yeah uh, we got into an argument um we uh, both called the cops on each other actually and they said uh, they had to take so, one of us uh, yeah <laughs> and um she, they took me they told him that they no, thought she, i was on heroin and meth she, she can I tell like the the pillar story? Cut this out, huh? or not? Or not? No, honey, I don't. No. Like what? No. Okay, we'll cut that out. We can cut it out. Okay. We can cut out anything you guys want. But it's fine. Basically, I thought so. I thought I was gonna be going to jail for sure, like because uh, she said that I was. You know, call the police. Because you had, you had pushed me. I don't want to talk about this. Yeah. Because you have no idea how much it's going to trigger me. Because you have no idea how much you hurt me. All right. I'm sorry. Okay. It's okay. Let's take it. I feel like every time we have to talk about this, it's always just about how terrible. No, no, that's not my intention at all. I'm sorry. Let's take a deep breath. It's okay. We're just here to tell you guys a story because you guys really, um, a lot of people look up to you guys online. You know, and I think it's really cool that people can see that you guys have been through some shit, dude. You know, but I don't think we're pointing fingers at anybody. I know. That's what I just. I, yeah, that's what I was really feeling like. No, well, I'm sorry. No. I, you know, because I'm I'm being very cautious about what I'm saying to make sure I'm not speaking anything negatively yeah. about you. And that's not what my intentions at all. What I was what I was tr- trying to get to was when they they told me 
because I, I if yeah. I can tell you anything, <laughs> I have done some fucked up shit in my life, and trust me, if it helps anybody else in the world i have outed myself on this podcast and of course tell whatever you guys want that you're yeah. comfortable with i've got you guys back you know we'll cut out this whole entire situation but i've learned that just talking about it is healing and yeah you know i don't think i'm not getting involved but i i, I didn't take it as him pointing fingers i took it yeah. as him just kind of you guys are telling a story of shit that you guys have fucking been through man yeah like this is admirable i'm like i have a newfound respect for you guys because yeah. of all the shit you guys have been through this shit would tear people apart dude yeah you know and you guys are still here loving yeah. each other and being lights to everybody in the world so yeah yeah but whatever you guys are comfortable with i just want you to know don't ever feel embarrassed in this space ever okay where were you? Uh, so basically, I was just cause so, so like I was fully like intending on going to jail because, uh, you know, like in those situations like where man, woman, husband, wife, like typically the male would go oh, yeah. to jail. So mm -hmm. I was preparing for that. And then the officer came up to me and said, no, she um, you're, she, she like an ex gymnast. And I was like, yeah, she 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 was like, you know, and he's like, well, I think she's on some sort of drugs. He's like, she can't even do a um, walk in a straight line. And, and like, at that point I was like, drugs, like what? Like that, that was the furthest thing from my, like I knew that, you know, she'd been struggling with alcohol, but like, that was the first time that I heard that. And like, it was, and she said, so I'm, I'm going to arrest her. I'm taking her to taking her in. Mm -hmm. And like, it was just mind blowing to me at that point. Like to, was, were you still dating the guy that you had met in rehab, the heroin addict? Kind of. Um, and at this time, I don't think I, I don't know if I had started taking the Suboxone. So I started taking his Subox, Suboxone. Okay, gotcha. Which, so taking the dude's Suboxone. Okay. Yeah, which, which is doesn't heavy. get you high if you're right. a heroin user. But if you're not, right. it'll get you high. Mm -hmm. And so I think at that time, though, I don't know if it, I had made, it was the very beginning if I had, yeah. because I was completely sober. They actually drew my blood when they took me into the station. Um, and it, it, the, the, but the cops came to the house and told him that they thought I was on heroin and meth. And at that yeah. time <clears throat> I had not, I had not started with that stuff yet. Cause I did after. Yeah. It was, uh, the, it was like the next day the, um, mm -hmm. I had him, so I think it was like a major manic episode. Yeah. You know, my mom said she talked to me in the jail cell. I called her and she's like, it sounded like you were on every single drug possible. And um, have they ever tested you for schizophrenia? My mom has schizophrenia and that's yeah. how she was. She would, it would, she would split and like, yeah. would not remember anything. Yeah. And like, people would think she's on drugs. And I've like, asked about it and I've done, I just went through like this crazy intensive testing. And I, cause like I've thought about it, but it's never been that, yeah. no, that's not, that's mm -hmm. not you. But honestly, I have no idea. Like, yeah. it's so hard when you, I have so many different doctors' opinions yeah. and it's so hard. When, it is hard. Um, yeah. So they, they drew your blood in the yeah, police station. And I left, um, the hospital. They only, they only just kept me in the drunk tank, even right. though I was sober. I've been in the drunk tank many times, but not <laughs> actually sober. Cause right. I, I was on Valium from my alcohol withdrawals, but that's it. Right. So, uh, they let me, let us out. And then that's when I found out when I came back, I did, that's when I started drinking again. I started drinking and, um, he filed a restraining order on me mm. and I, you guys were still living together when he filed the restraining order. Okay. Yeah. 
And I mean, it was his dad's house, so that's right. why too I always had to be the one to move out. And then, and there was a, you know, I think you had gotten an attorney as well. So at this point, there was attorneys that were involved too, yeah. and like everything going on, like the attorneys were just like, "You need to no, do baby, this." No, baby, I didn't have an attorney. I didn't. Oh, have an she attorney. didn't have one yet. No, okay. I couldn't afford one. So I, I had an attorney throughout. You know, a lot of this, and like because because I'm just telling them the things, everything that's happening, and they're just telling me what to do, and and like I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Okay, like he didn't really no. tr- he did, he, like he didn't know what to do in this situation, no. so he kind of trusted other people's opinions who maybe didn't have. Right. It was yes. never like, oh, let's try to get Brittany help. Like yeah. let's let's it find was out never. what the cause of her yes. actions are. It yeah. was just like, how can we punish Brittany? What can we take away from her? Shut her out, type of thing. Right. Um, yeah. And so when a restraining order was filed on me, I I couldn't go home. I couldn't see or talk to the kids every all contact completely stopped and so then i was out homeless i ended up hanging out with that with the guy i started using heroin with him i started Mm. using meth with him um and it was like two weeks that we were out homeless i ended up overdosing oh my god um yeah he found me in the car and he were you using on your own after you guys it was it well it was just with him just with him okay. yeah because i didn't really know how to yeah that's use a jump type of drugs like i my thing was always alcohol but at that time i didn't like i didn't i didn't want alcohol anymore because i had just lost everything like right. i couldn't i think it was like the pain of not being able to even call like the kids was so unbearable for me and so i just wanted to not feel like that and I don't really remember much that time, but remember him saying like, all I would do was just use and go in the shower and just cry for my kids and then get like, just wake up and use. It was a very, it was a very rough two weeks. And Mm. um, he found me shooting it or yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, it started, it started smoking it right? and then it was shooting it Mm -hmm. up the butt. Mm. I love doing cocaine up the butt. Yeah. <laughs> I've done, I've done a few tootskis up there. And then, um, yeah, they actually, the very last time I used it was, it was IV. It was in my arm. Mm. And I'm thankful it was just that one time and it was the last time. Um, but yeah, I overdosed in the hospital. And when I woke up in the hospital, uh, I was very weird because I'm now 30, 30 years old and I'm waking up in a hospital again, like what happened 10 years ago. And I'm waking up in this hospital and realizing it's oh not getting better. Yeah, this is just like the same thing. And I have nowhere to go. And so I have to go back to Wisconsin, even though I have this whole family. I built this whole life here in California. I have to go back to Wisconsin again. And I'm very grateful that my parents did help me. They let me stay there for two weeks and um, helped me get sober. And that was because that was the hardest time ever. Mm -hmm. Um, My it was just very it was very difficult. Meanwhile, that somewhere around that time, that's when you you came to the realization, too, that like the restraining order said like the verbiage on like the it said like you there could be a chance like you couldn't see the kids for how long so no it wasn't even the yeah is the verbiage on the restraining order but it was the attorney so i'm trying to find an attorney now because i'm newly sober trying to thankfully i didn't have to go to detox or anything because i wasn't drinking as much i was using more and yeah it was still rough but i I was able to get that time sober safely at home and um uh 
I, sorry, I just totally lost my strain of thought. You were talking about uh, you were trying to find a lawyer because you were yes. really sober. And when I was calling, um, because it was a domestic violence restraining order that was on me, like these attorneys were telling me that it could be three to five years before I saw my kids again. And um, I just, like, that was the most painful thing to have to hear mm. sober, you know? Yeah. I couldn't numb those anymore because if I did, like, that's just going to bring me backwards. Yeah. And I finally found one attorney who said, um, you know, that's not going to happen. Like, there's no way that's going to happen. And um, you're going to get to see your kids. And so um, I paid for him and we started the process. And I honestly did everything <clears throat> I had to do. I started going to drug tests. I got an at-home breathalyzer. I just started doing anything in my power to prove my sobriety. Um, your kids were worth it. Yes. To you. Yeah, they were. And thankfully, we showed up from that. It was a restrict. That was like a month later. So we, I only had to be without them for 28 days, because when we went back to court, actually, like our attorneys had, you know, I um, had realized how much I had put in. They realized that I wasn't the only one. Like we both had toxic sides of us. Right. Um, you know, my side is was the only one that was like really talked about and stuff. But we both had that and. Um, they, you also made the decision to drop the restraining order, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then I actually got legal custody back that day. Aww. They didn't know they didn't have a house yet. It was like, it was very fast. And so I was like, now what do I do? Like <laughs> I have legal custody back, but I have nowhere for the kids. And so that's when my mom decided she was just gonna up and stay here in California with me and help. She So she left my dad her whole life and job in Wisconsin to, Aww. Um, help me get back on my feet again out here and she wanted to see you do good yes mm -hmm. yeah she um, was like you're not going back this time yeah she was like I'm coming out and yeah. I'm gonna watch over you yep and you needed that support system during that time though yeah yeah no I really did she was a huge help so going on from here mm -hmm. how are you guys doing are you guys mending your relationship or are you how are you feeling about this way um at this point, I don't think we, I think it was just like still we were kind of in shock like of everything and like at least from my my perspective, like there was a lot. When I of, got sober? Yeah, there was still a lot of like resentment and like. Mm -hmm. There was and, a and lot. Lots of anger and like and so. I bet so it was. So we're, we're doing like, you know, what's it called? Like where you, you know, drop the kids off. Yeah. Um, and like just so many emotions at least yeah. from my end and mm -hmm. probably from your end too but yeah you guys um, still loved each other yeah, yeah. you can't yeah. hate somebody and I, wanted, I would have said no at the time but, <laughs> but yeah anyway. i wanted to be friends i wanted to have like a cordial relationship and i right. think for him it was that was it was too hard because he still he loved you so yes. hard yeah yeah and yeah um, so and you guys had three at the time right this yep is the three. yeah okay and we ended up having to go like completely no contact because mm -hmm. it did get pretty. You guys are passionate. Pretty rough. Yeah. And so we did. We went no contact. And that's when I got sober. That's when I started TikTok. I started my TikTok. Whoo. Just really making some not so nice videos of him. And like looking back, like that's one thing. Like I, sh I know I shouldn't have done, you know, but that time, that's how I chose to heal at that time. Yeah. 
would I have done it today? No, because I imagine, I can't imagine like how much that hurt to have to see those. And I didn't, I wasn't even thinking about the kids having to see that. Like, right. I, I mean, we so. all make mistakes online, you know? And I mean, and then like I, we both had that healing journey. So I was doing my own thing too. And so, and, but yeah, that, like, yeah, <clears throat> that I got into like a, it's called like the dad's edge. It was like a podcast, uh, Larry Hagner podcasts and um, from there there was like a group with with um, you know fathers so like you know it didn't matter if they were divorced or not but like there was a single dad's group within that and like it's really like and, and this was like during like COVID too so lots of virtual friendships and like strong relationships I got mm-hmm. to build with Aww. like-minded men and he went to therapy men, therapy yeah, and just and, and, at, and then I stopped drinking too even though i didn't yeah. said i had a problem i just decided to just completely go sober yeah and um really just kind of like hit my emotions and like all that all those wounds just kind of like face them head on and, yeah um and i got i got sober i stayed in aa i got a job through a treatment center from my tiktok and was still living with my mom in the trailer park but we were like we were happy. Everything was good. You well, know? What, what were you doing at the treatment center? Um, I was doing community outreach. So mm-hmm. it was a treatment center in Ohio who I know I no longer work with anymore. That was kind of a rough, a rough ending. But I just I learned that how, how sketchy the treatment center industry was. Mm-hmm. And I learned yeah. how oblivious I was when they hired me in the beginning. And yeah. um, it just like it really hurt me to just see like for myself mm. just the how greedy side. all these people are like yeah. for money off off addicts and um so i i quit and but i did really like my job when i got to actually work people. with the yeah, clients she was so passionate and, about yeah. it she got mm. to help people and like yes at, at, yeah yeah i thought it was awesome for the longest time it really was it was like i thought you know god had answered all my prayers and because this is what this was my passion what i wanted to do just helping people yeah i love mm-hmm. that it gives you a sense of self-worth yes yep and um so you're on tiktok yeah. you're taking jabs are you on tiktok <laughs> uh, me yeah. no uh <laughs> i mean i had a tiktok like i've always like, aspiring videographer but like I didn't go and look at her stuff mm-hmm. and then we you know I think we both started dating and yeah we both healthy did. relationships or <laughs> I, I <laughs> she's got, like no I like the <laughs> only person that I had feelings for I met I met I met him on TikTok I actually ended up being a girl I got catfished oh <laughs> yeah okay. that was a whole ordeal like MTV catfish actually called and was gonna do a show on it and thankfully because of TikTok they all figured it out what yeah and this woman had been catfishing four other there was four of us so that was like a How huge does that thing happen i don't she was able to change her voice she didn't even use like a, a voice changing thing she could just change her voice but you to never facetimed her never wanted to no right? no i know everyone's like Brittany, that's a red flag if if, if he won't facetime with you but i'm like it's fine i'm not looking for anything serious and, oh my goodness but yeah the one of them had been taught i it was only six weeks i talked to him some of these other girls one of them was three years three no. years i don't understand that right you don't like, see somebody for yeah. three i know years. I mean, they, did they get money out of you guys no okay uh, but they like sent they sent gifts like to my kids for their birthdays and it was very strange what a f- people on the internet are fucking weird <laughs> yes and they want- i hate to do this but can i use the restroom of course yeah. <laughs> you're, <laughs> very, you're good very weak uh, no you're good we can keep going um 
So, okay, you guys are complete no contact. Mm-hmm. You're on TikTok. You're working at a treatment center. Mm-hmm. Take me from there. So when I, when I started from started TikTok in June of 2020, everything happened very fast for me. I had a million followers by December. So it was like six months. And I went from literally, it was a huge change for me from like, get, you know, going from nothing with the kids and having zero dollars to my name and um and then all of this amazing things happening um it was just it was a lot to happen and so 2021 then was um that's when we actually got back together we had um i dropped the kids off uh it was thanksgiving and um we decided you know we both said like we need to get along for the sake of the kids like this has been long enough like we need to do this we're both adults and it was okay for a little bit. We did family stuff and then it wasn't long till we realized like, wow, you've changed a lot in this last year and vice versa. We both had done a lot. We both were finally able to apologize to each other because for so long, like I just had to hear, you know, that it was always my fault. And I knew that the majority of our problems and was my fault but I knew that it wasn't all my fault yeah it takes two to tango yeah and um I think it was very healing for me when he apologized to me and uh you know and just being able to know and it was crazy and at that at this point we had spent a hundred thousand dollars on this whole separation because (laughs) it was no contact we had to go through our lawyers for everything and it was Ooh, so you guys are very passionate, so yeah. I can only imagine what this, how the sparks fly for you guys. That's what keeps drawing you guys back to each other. When's your birthday? January 8th. Oh, you're a Capricorn. Okay, and when's your birthday? It was just two days ago, April 11th. Aries and Taurus. That's what my manager and her uh, husband are. Aries Aww. and Taurus. Are you, guys very, are you and Jason very passionate? <laughs> she said of course we don't talk about their sex yeah. life but <laughs> um i get that that it's like a, just a super passionate relationship yes. and that's what yeah keeps bringing you guys around i'm sure you guys have some sort of like spiritual bond too that keeps bringing yeah. you guys back to each other we we definitely twin flames for sure yeah that's you guys are what real twin flames are yeah like when people think it's all mm-hmm. cute like oh we're twin flames like no twin flames go through some shit dude yeah. like you guys are mirrors really to have. each other you guys fucking tear each other down just to build each other back up and that's mm-hmm. exactly what a real twin flame is yeah my husband and i did that to each other too so yep yeah and we just decided that this is what we wanted to do and you know we knew that we had we had gone to um, marriage therapy and we you mean knew like before before we got married yeah were oh, you guys yeah. still dating other people <clears throat> no deciding to rekindle okay no but that was that was the hardest part about you know coming back together was realizing now we had both been with other people. with other people and um yeah. having to get through that we didn't know if that was gonna be something we could get over but we we were pretty open yeah, we were about like, with what we yeah they talked about it like okay like what do you want to know like if anything and like and then we just decided like we we're gonna set you know okay that that's where we're gonna draw the line and like yeah. we're not talking about not gonna, it not gonna look back any anymore and and move forward yeah. and start this new life because it wasn't even like we were like rekindling our past life like right it just it seemed so different right um we had both really taken accountability for both of our actions and we were ready to start this new life 
Um, mm-hmm. I'm proud of you guys. Thank you. You guys have been through some fucking shit. Oh my man. god, we really have. That was a roller coaster. Yes. And that's wild, but I know I'm it's, so proud of you guys. Thank you. That's really cool. It's really. I'm admirable. very grateful because people don't know, fight for love anymore. Yeah, you know, and you guys yeah. have fought for love. Yes, he's stuck with me through some pretty crazy times that I know others wouldn't. So I'm very, very grateful. So you guys end up having a fourth baby. No, we didn't. No, you didn't. You guys only have three. Why do I think you guys have four? Why do I think you guys have four? I don't know, but that was funny because when you said you just have the three at this time, I was like thinking in my head, I wonder if she thinks I have another one. I don't know why I thought you guys had four. That's crazy. I got to do better research. No. Um... So you guys are back together. You guys are thriving. Are you sober now? Like how how does that work? Are or do you still? You know, I know you're you're going on. Um, you're sober, right? You, I am. Yeah. You, okay, and you're doing a, like a mental health journey because I've been watching that on TikTok. Like, yes. Take me on this journey with you. Like, how has sobriety treated you? Because I know getting sober people are always like oh yeah sobriety is great no the fuck it's not yeah you feel everything exactly it, it, everything that you've ever tried to run away from or numb or hide ha- comes out and yeah it's, it's very hard it's a battle yes um yeah i just celebrated three years sober Yay. and the first year what it was like rainbows and butterflies i was riding that pink cloud it was really great mm-hmm. um because uh, I just like a lot happened in that year, you know, and it was it was really great. And then the second year was OK. And third year was um, or no, the first year was really great. And this full second year was when things went downhill again. That's when <laughs> like I really mentally. realized. Yeah. Yeah. That's when my mental health got really bad because I, I think I had thought this whole time that all of my problems were from alcohol and right. that once that alcohol was gone, my problems were going to be gone. But right. Um, I very quickly realized that that was not the case and that, you know, I still have mental health problems regardless if the alcohol is there or not. And um, now you're getting to the root of yeah. what has been causing it or trying to. Yeah, finally. Yeah, it's been a really long year. Actually, right now, this month is a year like this is when my life started going downhill last year. And so I think like all, it's very a lot of just these times like are have been very like triggering i'm living in a lot of fear right now like what if that happens again like what if my life starts going downhill and when i when i think about it like what what happened and you know obviously i've done a lot of work to try to figure this all out but um so my account was was which was made in may um and of last year and i i said that it didn't bother me i said i wasn't gonna look at it but in June, I went into like a major, major depression. And I, I honestly didn't know why. I didn't think it was because of that at the time. Um, but I learned, you know, through this whole year now was that's what it was. It's so hurtful. And I feel so bad for you online creators. I think Trisha Paytas, she gets it really bad, too. Mm-hmm. I think she's finally doing a documentary about it. Really? We've got to start speaking. No, up. I think that's amazing. Yeah, it, it's I haven't talked about it, like how much it affected me, you know, but it really was. And I guess I can refer to it just instead of like the, you know, you know, well, you know, the cyberbullying, it's very extreme. And I, it gets, it got to a point to me where, um, 
Like I started believing these things that that people were saying about are, me, yeah. and a lot of them were just making fun of my appearance, and um, which those were like kind of petty, you know. It did end up affecting me, but it was more so like people saying I wasn't sober, and like mm-hmm. I literally was would question my own sobriety, and it wasn't like that at the beginning. But after months and months and months, like that, they're really good at like pushing buttons and figuring out what gets under certain creators skin the best and like and then that's what they default to and they go to Mm -hmm. and like it's just such a disgusting way to do yeah it's really gross but it it's damaging yeah it's it's really damaging and i remember like it was june of last year but i remember like i i just i did i did a lot of research on like how this could stop like how can this stop and like the only way that anyone who is cyberbullying can be held accountable for for what they're doing is if someone loses their life over it mm. and so i remember like driving in the car and thinking that because at that time you know a lot of my friends had been going through it too you know demps had account my friend oh Talon, they're relentless Kelsey. on demps oh, dude demps i know and i remember like it was just so painful to see like so many people i love also go through it and i I don't know, I just thought in my head that this was what had to be done, that I had to take my life because, Mm, um, so that, and it's just so sad because I just know that was like straight devil telling me that because I know that's not true, but. These people that bully are from the devil too. Yeah. They think they're doing like this higher calling of, Whatever. holding people accountable for yeah, things. Yeah, which is fucking, like, who the fuck are you to hold anybody accountable? Yeah. yeah. You can't even yeah. show your f- goddamn face. Right? You I know? know. Like, come on. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to keep using the Lord's name in vain, but it just yeah. makes me so mad. Yeah. You know, like, it's wrong for you to to actually think about taking your life because yeah. people are saying such hurtful things about you. Like, how, if, mm-hmm. if you had done that, your blood would be on those people's hands. When they die and they go to hell or they go to heaven, that, those people's blood are on your hands. Mm-hmm. Like, there has been a couple TikTokers who have um, committed suicide or overdosed and had a, it was a lot to do with like extreme amount of hate. And it, it, was, it was so sad. Um, that's like when I, when I started feeling better from that, that's when I really felt called to to do and and to help was to talk about that but almost at about the same time as that that's when I made a really bad mistake about posting a video that I didn't understand fully the context of it clearly um and I don't think you know I realized it 10 minutes after I posted it 10 minutes I saw like three comments there was only 10 comments I saw three comments and someone had said and um, so maybe we should, obviously this is a trigger warning. You know, I feel like I can't even talk about this though, you know, because yeah. I haven't gone gone through it, you know? Yeah. And I'm sorry, cause I know that you have, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, miscarriage, yes. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's so hard for me to even, so I don't even know. I don't even know if we talk, if No, it's it okay. And I think, I think what um, is, a way to talk about this situation yeah. is to see how hurt you are even talking about it. Oh my God. I know it like, it and was, ju- you literally have brought it up and each time you've talked about it, you've apologized. Yeah. I feel like everybody makes mistakes mm-hmm. and what you did of course wasn't right. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. we all fuck up. We all post shit. We shouldn't have posted. You yeah. know, we've all, a lot of you guys are new to this online shit. So it's yeah. like, you don't know what the rules are. Yeah. And uh, we just like, we're so, 
dumb. Uh, the, the, the fact of the matter is, but I'm, I'm I'm equal to blame here, but I don't have that number. Yeah. And so his like name and my name, like so, but like I. But I deleted it. I deleted yeah. it within <clears throat> ten minutes. Right. I apologized to everyone, and I'm thinking, okay, like it's fine. I apologize to the people who saw it. Right. Well, yeah. no, they went posted it over on my and posted it on the TikTok. <clears throat> And then, of course, everyone in the TikTok said post it back on TikTok, which yeah. is really where would, would it you, all got. When people had no idea that that, that I was only up there for for 10 minutes. And, um, you know, at that time I had a really real and I don't think I even fully realized the how many people I had hurt and the extent yeah. because I hurt like a community of People whom I would never want to hurt, who have yeah. experienced more pain than I will, I could ever imagine. Um, yeah. And so, I think it's it okay so heavy. to be sorry though, and to learn from your mistake. And yeah. who are we, as mere mortals, standing right beside you to sit here and just keep telling you that you made a mistake over and over and over <laughs> again? That's yeah. not fair, and that's where the internet is wrong. Yeah, you know, like that's where it's like nothing brings people together more than hate. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's sad, but everybody wants to just be the person who points the finger. And it's yep. like when you have a million, millions and millions of them pointing at you, they don't know what that feels like <clears throat> because they don't have the platforms we do. Yeah. You know, that shit is brutal. Yeah. So take me down that journey with your mental health. How are you feeling? I know that you took a break on social yeah. media, right? Yeah. You know, I've realized now that like I know God has God has forgave me for that. And so I do forgive myself for it. I think I'm just I have so much feeling, though, for people that it still is is going to be a lot. But um, yeah, you know, after that, I took a break for a while. We didn't know we we didn't know what our what our future was going to be like. I didn't know if I would have a platform. I didn't know if we'd be able to get through this. Um it was very unsure because our when I stopped working, our, our income stopped working because he was a stay-at-home dad and helped me with all that. And uh, I tried to get into a treatment center, but we couldn't afford it, basically. Long story short, thankfully I did find um, a nonprofit foundation that actually I'm speaking for them tomorrow in Vegas, but Yay. they helped me find a doctor to get into where I could go and get this testing. And it took like six weeks to do the testing and mm -hmm. I got a diagnosis and I started going to therapy and getting help. I've tried medications. But what was your official diagnosis? So my official diagnosis, which I don't even talk about because I'll tell you in a second, but I did a little bit is um, MDD, so major depressive disorder. Um, and they qualified it as severe. So severe major depressive disorder, ADHD, BPD, DPD, which is dependent personality disorder, and with showing signs of current PTSD from from that. But we found out like the time I did that testing, I was going through a lot of trauma. And so my psychiatrist that I see doesn't know if it's actually that she thinks I'm bipolar still. And so it's like I spent months like trying to get help and find answers when really it just led me to being more confused. Right. And so I've really had to just like um, work on 
what I can fix and change about myself and which is going to therapy you know getting up choosing to get up out of bed every Mm -hmm. day and because that that depression was really really hard on not only me but our whole family yeah I I think I saw that you had like moved away from your family for a couple of days yeah I yes I had to it was it was just I had to leave um a couple times just I had been starting a new medication and one of the side effects was psychosis and because Mm. of my last psychosis I was terrified so that was the main reason why I and I just I was not okay you know how do you feel whenever she has to leave do you understand it now and you kind of give her the room to do that yeah I, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have before but like this time like it was you know it was like she came back like a different person and Aww, like and then good. we were more connected to but like i just feel like um you know this last time when she did it like i completely understood why and she she was able to be you know she's sober you know so like she was yeah. able to it, verbalize why she was doing it and like it just that, that that's a huge part and probably growth. why yeah, yeah growth. you guys are growing yeah. So. yeah i think you know i'm finally i'm finally in a better place but i also know like with my history like it's just like it's it's a, a battle life. it really mental is mental health is a yeah. battle and you have to fight it every day it really is i remember seeing like a comment someone left on a video like through do that through that time there's so many videos being made about me and someone commented and was like i went to elementary school with Brittany. she's always been unstable she's always had mental health problems and that was like a big wake-up call to me because i was like Yes, honestly, ever since I was She's younger. like, I feel seen. Yes, like <laughs> that is the truth. Um, and I think because my TikTok happened so fast, like people painted me out to be like this perfect person because of how right. it happened. And when people realize that I am just as flawed and as everyone else, like it, it caused a war for a bit. You know, parasocial relationships are yeah. um, very real. Well, I'm proud of you guys. Thank you. This has been a journey to listen to. Yeah. I love it, though. Just seeing you guys sit here and be able to stand through the fire together like you have is just so admirable. And I know I keep saying that, but like I said, nobody fights for love anymore. And I think you guys are inspirational to people who are in toxic relationships and that are in twin flame relationships that you can get through it. And there is growth and you know mm-hmm. you guys are setting a really good example most importantly you're setting a good example for your kids yes you know they yeah. get to see that mom and dad fought for love and you know hung in there and mom's fighting for sobriety dad's fighting for sobriety like you guys are checking all the boxes and you yeah. guys are really doing it thank so, you 2023 what do we have to look forward to with the family oh my gosh honestly like yeah last year was so busy i was like traveling doing girls trips and it was so busy. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you guys came here to hear about mom talk, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I am not talking about mom talk. You bitches are crazy, okay? So, sorry. But no, I'm not friends with anyone anymore. <laughs> oh, God. Well, yeah, okay. There we go. <laughs> Done. <laughs> That's all. We're leaving it at that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we don't really have, like... A ton of like just really slowing down. Yeah. I think that's what. How about enjoying each other? Yes, exactly. Being and able to love each other correctly. Living in the moment. And so I started 
a new job now too so yeah that's like, i did that's see that gonna kind of change the whole dynamic of things which it has yes. so you weren't so. working you guys were just completely stay at home when we you first got back together for like what two and a half years there i mm -hmm. basically stopped working at my old job you guys needed right that, that though so, yeah. to rebuild and just yeah and that. i was making enough i was making good enough money to where mm -hmm. we could do that but it was very it was very stressful on our marriage. Aww. Like, oh yeah, yeah. only like working together. Like, yeah. I think oh lots yeah, of... I work with my husband. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so now <laughs> we're more like equal. It just feels like things are a lot smoother, and it it does. We don't spend. He goes to work now forty hours a week away from home, and but it's been good mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. our for. Well, it, really it makes has. you miss him too. So yes. when he's around, you appreciate yeah. him more. Yeah. yeah, it really is. We we spent twenty four seven together, and so we been nice to miss you likewise <laughs> mm -hmm. i love it well you guys fucking enjoy the shit out of each other just yeah. take this year the rest of this year to just love on each other and yeah. you know you guys have been through so much shit what are you guys gonna do in nashville tonight go out with dimps we are <laughs> she's taken us to like a l oh you know you yeah. were invited there too yeah, yeah. to Caden's. yes uh, so that's where we're gonna go because without her i was like babe are we just gonna go walk down broadway like by ourselves i don't know what to do here but <laughs> dimps yeah. is always a good time dimps is gonna take us we're gonna have fun I'm so, excited. Well, yeah, thank you guys for coming her. on the podcast. Thank you so much yeah. for having us. I was so excited to learn that you are also a sober queen. Yeah, and, baby. Um, I think sobriety is sexy. It really is. I've yes. never been embarrassed of it. I love when people yeah. are like, you're sober. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, yes. I think it's sexy. It's a badge of honor. It we really is. <laughs> it makes us very, very special. Yeah. I love so. that. Well, Brittany, I can't wait to see what you do on this journey. I can't wait to see what both of you guys do on the rest of this journey. And anytime you guys want to come back on and sit on the couch and talk, I will have you. Yay. Thank you so Thank much. You. You. Shout out where everybody can find you on your socials. Uh, Brittany Jade. Brittany J with some underscores. Yeah. Instagram, TikTok. Honey? Uh, Zabo Zoo. So. You're going to have to spell that out for people. <laughs> so it's our last name, <laughs> Zabo. Uh, S-Z-A-B-O. And then Zoo yeah. for our TikTok. And then uh, Instagram's Wyland Zabo. Love it. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Dumb Blonde. I will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.